0: Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Just turn at your neighbor and tell them that they come on, just say, just say, I see you in your future. And you look a whole lot better than you do right now. Come on now. We can speak to each other. Now that doesn't mean you're, that doesn't mean you look tore up or tore back right now. It just means. Come on, that our future is bright. And uh, even though we are facing a lot of challenges right now is what we've seen. And so I want to just pray for our nation. I want to pray, you know, our our church, as most of us, we take it for granted as as Terence here, sometimes we could take the presence of God for granted. But last week when I preached to you about Joshua and they had to follow the ark remember that they had to follow the ark and that represented them that you better follow the presence of god because if you didn't follow the presence in the ark then you weren't going to live and so just like we value god's presence in our life and we hold on to that we also value that the lord has made us a diverse body of people okay and that the lord we live in a very diverse area and so we're thankful that the Bible says that all every tribe and tongue. Someone says that God doesn't see color. Yes, he does. He sees colors and he sees variation. It would be terrible for all of us to be the same. So God sees diversity and he doesn't want us to lose our identity in that, but all of us complement. We're not called to compete. We're called to complete. We're called to complete and so us as Obviously, you know that Pastor Porsche and I are an interracial couple. Um, sometimes we forget that. Um, <laughs> um, anyhow, let me not even go there. But, okay, we, yeah. we're in a restaurant. But this is what, this prayer is from St. Francis of Assisi. And he said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I might not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So I thought about that prayer because right now in our world and what we see around us, there's a lot of anger and turmoil and injustice, and we pray for uh, the Floyd family in this atrocity and this injustice. But we also pray for our nation that God is allowing this. Well, he's not allowing. He's allowed corona and people because uh, people have their own will. Sometimes people want to blame God for everything. They want to point the finger and say, well, why doesn't God do this? And why? Do-? Well, God has allowed man to rule the earth. He's given that, he's given that authority to man. And unfortunately, man is sinful, and man is. And so you say, well, Pastor, what do we need to pray? We need to pray what the Bible says. It says to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love him first like that. And then if we do that, then also to love our neighbor as ourself. And then Jesus took it a little bit farther, and he says, do unto other people as you want them to do unto you. I don't have a big elaborate prayer, but all I know is the source uh, or the, the source for us to for this nation is Jesus. The hill is Jesus. It's not gonna be in the system, it's not man, it's not political parties, it's not anything else but God. Because the systems of this world are corrupt, because fallen men are involved. And as long as you have people involved, they're fallen, there's gonna be hurt and pain. But in the midst of that, as Christians, what are we called to do? And so my heart breaks for this nation right now. It breaks, and I understand the pain that's going on in the inner cities. I was raised in the inner city. I understand that. I understand it on both sides. So let's just lift up our hearts and just pray that God would intervene in this nation. Lord, Would you would intervene for the nation of America. Lord, that you would intervene, Lord, for those that don't know you. Lord, we know you. Lord, we have a relationship with you, and so we're, sometimes we're filtered and, and guarded from that, Lord, but help us, oh God, help us to stand in the gap Lord, you are called to be an intercessor, one that stands in between life and death and stands between heaven and earth. And so, Lord, as your children, as intercessors, we ask you and beseech you, Lord, that you would come. Lord, we don't have the answers. The answer is not in man, but the answer is in you. And so we pray for this nation. We pray for the inner cities of America. We pray for the rural areas of America. We pray for every race, every tongue, tr- uh tribe, creed, every nation that you would cause. This nation was called in birth to be one of unity, of one of diversity. And so we ask you, Lord, bring us back to you because you are the only one, Lord, that can heal. You're the only one that can break down walls of prejudice and racism and all those things that want to keep us divided. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, today is Pentecost Sunday, and um, I wasn't going to talk, I'm going to talk, well, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit talk, but I'm going to read a scripture from 2nd, uh, Sheriff, you can put 2nd Corinthians chapter 4, just get that ready for me. I'll read Acts chapter 2, but let me just deal with this issue of, of prejudice. Because Jesus came to break that down. And if you look back in the Bible, Jesus came to deal with it because even if everybody was the same color, they would still be okay. And so people were prejudiced. If you weren't Jewish, then you were looked at, upon as, oh, you weren't, you were unclean or you didn't belong Okay, so there can be a spiritual, a spiritual prejudice. So Jesus came and he made a way for what? All humanity to know God, not just a special group of people. So we see this in the heart of Jesus. He came and broke it down. He broke down that wall for all humanity to get to know to, to get to know God and have access to the throne. It wasn't just a special group of people uh, that were the elitist ones, and that's what some people still. And then you got to deal with circumcision. and they were saying, "Well no, if you, had to be, if you had to be a Jew, then you had to have all this stuff done and God Jesus was like, "No, no, you're missing it. It's a circumcision of the heart. It doesn't matter on the outside. It has to be a circumcision of the heart. And so we see Pentecost coming, and they come and they get filled. And what was the purpose of Pentecost? Someone shared earlier that we heard or we prayed that every people heard their own languages. And it meant for people of all different languages and races to know God and to have this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. You remember that? So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, yeah, it was to birth to church and to release the church and release us. Into power, but it was also to bring unity amongst the nations, and that's something that even in your own home, those of you that are married, you understand that it's a it's a fight to stay unified. Come on, even in, with your relationship with your kids, it's a fight to stay unified. Even with your relationship with yourself, it's a fight to stay unified. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you guys know I'm talking about? Because you got another side of you that's crazy, okay? So the enemy wants to divide and kill and separate and tear down. And Jesus said that, but I've come for you to have life and life more abundantly, to have life more abundantly. And so we see this, that the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to bring unity, unity, and then also cause us to have power to die. Now, this is not going to be an exciting message. It's power to die to yourself. There are parts of you that, do you know the, the worst place to be in is when you think you're right? Because when you think you're right and you have the right, then you feel like I got the right to be right and your right to be right makes you wrong. Because unless you have the spirit of Christ, it's not about who's right and wrong. It's about the ultimate goal of healing and restoration and reconciliation. And so what we have to do, we can't fight to to be right. We have to fight that there would be unity and reconciliation. And it starts in our own heart. It starts in our own family. It starts in our own with our children. It doesn't start, in and that's the reflection in, in our church. And that's why when I look out over our congregation, I know that that's a fight for us to say, Lord, keep us because God wants to use us as a model that, no, people of all races and understanding, uh, we, can, we can walk together in unity. Just like the word says, behold, and how good and how pleasant it is. For us to dwell together in unity for there. It said it's like the precious oil. It's like the anointing oil that was put upon the high priest. And it was put upon his head. And it dripped down over his beard and it ran down. And it says it's like that. And it says it's there that the Lord commands the blessing. I don't know about you, but I can fight and I want to fight. And there's some things that we need to fight for, but I'm not going to fight against God. And so you could try to fight against God, but your arms are too short to fight against God. I'd rather say, God, I want the commanded blessing. Come on, how many of you guys, I can say, you guys want blessing. You want blessing, but also God judges because, you know, it says in Scripture, it says that God corrects those that he loves. And you say, what's happening? God is bringing some correction. God is wanting to bring correction to our lives individually. Personally, he wants to bring correction to his church. He wants to bring correction in this nation. God says, "No, no, I want to correct it." Why? Because God loves humanity, and I'm going to tell you what God wants. There, He wants people to know Him, and He wants there. He wants to use you and I to have a message of hope and love. That what? That do you think? Do you think we live in a world where there's more people in the world? You think the Lord God Almighty is going to let? The devil and the kingdoms of this world dominate and control? Or do you think that no, God is going to have the last and final say? That Jesus, when he died on that cross and his blood is shed and his blood is in heaven, his blood still speaks, don't you think that he's like, no, he's looking for a people and a company of people that are going to be awakened to righteousness and say, no, there's going to be many, many people that are going to come to know him. But what happens is you and I, we forget what we used to be like. We used to forget how ugly we were when we weren't a Christian, when I wasn't saved. And so we have to drive out every bit of spiritual prejudice out of our life because we can be spiritual prejudice like, oh, those terrible people, they're sinners. No, some of you were that way. I was that way. And so the Lord, in the day of Pentecost, Wanted to unite people, and I'll get to Acts 1 and 2 where it says go and wait in Jerusalem and you will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. God wants to make us holy. It's his Holy Spirit. It's his holy breath. Come on, think about it. The Holy Ghost means the holy breath. Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, it's, it's the breath. It's the breath. Lord, so I my prayer is that you breathe upon us today. Oh, just like you breathed into Adam and he became a living being, Lord, and on the day of Pentecost, Lord, there was a mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit. And even as people with this corona pandemic are needing ventilation and needing breath, Lord, I pray that we would receive the breath of God in our own hearts that Your word says we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, that we can freely know the things given to us by God. Come on, you have the spirit of God, not the spirit of the world, the spirit of God. You have to tell yourself, say, I have the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So we see that happen, and then fast forward 1,800 years, 1,900 years from the day of Pentecost, and we get into... The 1900s, about 120 years ago, that's a good number. And we see that God used people in throughout this country, but one in particular in Azusa Street was an African-American man by the name of William Seymour. And so our church, the church's major denominations were birthed out of that time. The Church of God in Christ, Assemblies of God. Church of God, they all came out of the Azusa Street revival. Most of them came. And I know there were streams of it, but that was by a man that, in the natural, was poor. He was black. He was blind. He was broken, but he was rich spiritually now in the natural you could say this man in the natural didn't amount to nothing but you know what he says I'm not going to let racism or anything deter me because you know the story before that when he was in Kansas somewhere they told him you can't even come into the church you got to sit in the back room but he says you know what it's like that story with the woman when Jesus called her a dog and said you came near her he says, yeah but the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table and so here it was William Seymour he says you know what I I don't care about that I know that God has something greater. And so our roots and what we experience in the Holy Ghost comes back from Azusa Street revival in the early 1900s. And then, but you know what? We don't learn. Man is still corrupt. And and even in the church, I heard Willington Boone preach about this. Actually, he was watching. You should watch some of his post. But actually, Portia and I, you know, on this covid whatever COVID crazy stuff. Anyhow, I can't, I shouldn't even say it, but I have some words for this. But I won't say it. Choice words. <laughs> Starts with H. But anyhow, where it needs to go back to. needs to go back there because it's not from God. But we are watching this history channel. How many of you guys like history? I Sometimes I accept I don't like all the commercials. Okay, how many you guys know like you're watching channel and you like three minutes of And then there's 10 minutes of commercials. But we were watching this thing about the the Civil War, and it was about Grant, and it it showed the atrocities and and why the Civil War started. And it was for what? It was all over this issue of race. And then it goes into the Reconstruction period and all the things that we continue to see. But Wellington Boone was sharing that there was a movement in the Third Awakening that took place in the Third Awakening, and he uses this illustration. He says there were 600,000 men that died in the Civil War. 600,000. And he says that was 10% of the population of the country at that time. The country at that time had about 6 million people, but 600,000 men died in the Civil War. And he says the reason that was, he says that was like a tithe, because man in their hardness of heart, what they don't learn by revelation, they're going to learn by tribulation. And so he said there was an awakening, the third awakening with Lampier, somebody in eighteen, the late 1800s, and it was what was God wanting to do? He wanted to unify his church and unify people. And he still wants to keep us unified. He still wants to keep us unified. And so then we see that things didn't really, uh, even in, Azusa Street, churches separated over style of music, over culture. White people said, well, I don't like that style. Black people said, well, I don't like this. or Whatever, I'm not pointing the finger either, but there just was, okay? But here we live now, hundreds of years later, and we have an opportunity. I know not all churches are that way, but in the body of Christ, it should never be said that anyone should ever be prejudiced against any other race. As a, as a Christian, because Jesus modeled love and mercy and forgiveness. And the golden rule is to treat others as you want to be treated. To love your neighbor as yourself. And so you say, well, Pastor Steve, what is the answer for America? Jesus. Because you can change laws in the natural. You can do this and do that. But if men's hearts don't change, the world won't change. The system won't change. The system is corrupt. And so we need people's hearts to change. And so what do we have to say, Lord, change our hearts, change the hearts of people, change the hearts, change the hearts. And it's not anything else but the Lord. And so that's my prayer. That's our prayer. And we see that there's still turmoil and pain. But now we're here in this time. And let's turn with me in your Bible. So in Acts, I'm going to shift now to Acts chapter 1. And Jesus tells them to go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. you receive power. I don't know about you, but you need power. I need power. I need power in my life. I need power to keep my mouth shut. I need power to keep my attitude in check. I need power to die to my flesh. I need power right, to live the supernatural life. I need power. You need the power because you, if you try to do it in the flesh, you're going to fail. You need the power of God like never before. And there is a war. You ask one, where's the war at inside of you? There's a war going on between your soul and your, and your flesh, and your spirit and your flesh. Your, your spirit man wants the things of God. Come on, Jesus said this. He said your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. But what? The works of the flesh are anger, violence, uh, uh, drunkenness, orgies, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, anger. All those things. And so we need the Holy Ghost to give us power. It says you're going to receive the Holy Spirit to... Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the earth, of the world. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be so, I don't know, but I think this way. And I don't think it's crazy that when people see me, they should experience some of heaven. When people run into you and they come into contact, are they experiencing God? Because God lives inside of you. And that's not crazy to feel that way. When you you got to think about yourself that way, you can't say, oh, I'm just nobody, I'm just poor old me. No, you're somebody so special and important that when somebody, you don't do it in arrogance and pride, you do it in humility and grace, but you have an awareness that greater is God and I have something that you need. Now they may not want it, they may not like it, but that's who you are. You should walk and carry yourself that you are the most important person in the world because you have the most important person of the world in the universe in your heart. Jesus on the inside working on the outside and so come on that's the church we are the salt and the light of the world and guess what we can that's why when you leave this place today when you drive out say let there be light let there be love let there be peace I speak peace over the Bay Area I speak peace over my city I speak peace over this nation I speak peace And it says that you shall be witnesses. And the word witnesses, yeah, you're going to be a witness, but it means that you're going to be a martyr. It means that you're going to die. Now I want to talk to you about dying. Because Pastor Portia, you hear, she's gung-ho. My wife is not afraid to die. My wife is kind of half crazy. She doesn't really have any fear inside of her. But dealing with the fear of death. I want you to think about, Maybe some of you guys experienced death before or almost experienced death, but God saved you something where you went through a difficult time. When you were lost, when you were lost, when you were really, really lost, I don't know, like when I was really, really lost, I mean, there were some times where I don't even know I could have died, okay? So now when you get saved, God gives you your life back. So you are really a walking dead person. So now the life that you live, you should not live for yourself you should live for him who gave you your life back. But most of us in our selfishness in our flesh and our we, we like to take our life back. Come on. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to stay in a place of surrender. I want we how easily for we forget how dead we were. So God gives us our life back. He doesn't he wants to kill us, but everything that God kills, he wants to raise. Come on, how many of you guys got some issues, some things in your life that need to be killed? Come on, he wants to kill. Someone once said God only resurrects the dead. So if you want resurrection life, you better die. You better die. You better stay dead. Die to your flesh. I'm not, I'm not talking about don't do something. Not, don't kill someone or don't go get high and do something stupid. I'm talking about die to your flesh, man. And so but I think about this issue of fear of death, because when I wasn't saved and I wanted to do something crazy, if I wanted to get high, I didn't care about what was going to happen to me. I didn't fear evil. I didn't fear places in the city to go. I didn't fear going outside. I didn't fear. I just went, why? Because I wanted some money, or I wanted a car, or I wanted some sex, or I wanted some high, or some out, whatever it is, whatever you're, okay, and so people, or you wanted to dance, or whatever, and you don't understand what I'm saying, but you wanted this, this something had you, and so you didn't care, you didn't give thought to your life, and so you lived kind of crazy and radical, and you risked your life. For the devil and for your flesh. Okay? But now you get saved. And now God gives you your life back. And now you want to live your life in shelter and safety and and fear. And so my thing is, if you did that for yourself when you weren't saved, how much more now with the Holy Ghost filling your life, and you say, Lord, I want to be used. Come on, you've prayed that, Lord, use me, save me, fill me, give me power. Lord, then give me power to not do what I want to do. Give me power to die. Give me power to intercede. Give me power. Turn with me in your Bible. This is my only verse, but I'll read it. Second Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. There's no fear. There's no fear. There's no fear. There's no fear fear of corona. There's no fear of people. There's no fear. Either you believe the word of God, that God has you, because you can die. Do you know that statistically you die... um, I think traveling, getting in your car, I don't know the exact statistic, but getting in your car, driving to church, there is, a per, there is some type of percentage that you could have died coming to church today. I believe that and even the percentages of dying is greater driving of a vehicle than flying in an airplane. So I knew somebody, they said, I'm, I'm afraid to fly, but they drive their car. So I'm just saying, there's, come on, every day you wake up, Okay, every day something, I remember we were youth pastors and Portia was trying to uh, preach the fear of God into the kids and, and yeah, she did a good job too. But she said, you'll never know, an airplane can come and, and hit. And like a day later, too late, 9-11 happened. And they all came crying and running. Or Remember there was an earthquake? So everyone say no fear. No fear, don't be afraid of what you Listen to, and I'm going to say this, turn off, I almost said something I would have regretted. Turn off the television. Turn off social media. Okay, some of you guys cannot eat. Some of you guys sleep with your phones. You wake up to your phones. You got to see what everybody's posting. And I'm going to, this is, starts with Pastor Steve. You spend more time on social media than you do in your Bible. You spend more time on social media and on your phones watching things than you do even praying. So how can you know God? How do you have a relationship in his word if you spend hours, hours watching opinions and news streams and this and that and then You expect to have a relationship really knowing what God says. Yeah, you can come to church, you can worship, you can have, but come on. If you're going to be where God wants you to be and take you, then no more. No more. No more. You just ought to say, you know what? It's what you want. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Fast food, it probably tastes better. Maybe it's cheaper. Okay? It's funner. It's convenient. But it's not as good as the real thing. And what you, you are what you eat and what you consume. And we are what we consume in our spirits, in our soul, in our bodies. And so you have to learn, say, what, how are you going to know God? you got to walk with God. you got to walk with God. Walk with God. That means like every moment of the day. Now, you can be at work, you can be at school doing things, but do you walk with him? Do you allow him to speak to you? Do you walk with him? That's the, it's not how much you know this letter of the law. It's do you know him? Do you walk with the Lord? Do you walk with him and say, Lord, help me to know your ways. Help me to know your voice. Make me more like you. Pastor Steve, I got enough issues with myself. I'm not, I got to put my pants on just like you do. I gotta stay just because I'm Pastor Steve doesn't mean I'm exempt. No, I gotta have the same thing. No, Lord, help me. Help me to love you. Help me to worship you. Help me to stay in a place. Help me to help me to come on, help me to hunger after your word. Help me to be a person. Otherwise, I'm just like, we're phonies. And it has to be more than that. But We have to ask God, give me hunger, Lord. Give it to me. Give me hunger. Give me discipline. Give me discipline. Give me discipline to say no to this and yes to this. It doesn't happen by itself. But if you want to be all that God wants you to be and you want to know Him, really know Him, then you'll hunger and you'll say, Lord, speak to me. Let me walk with you. Let I me mean, just do things. Let me just, like, I don't want to just do church or do Christianity or do prayer or do worship. No, I got to be it. Come on. Say, I got to be it. I got to be it. So here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, every one of you has a ministry of reconciliation. What's the ministry? You're a reconciler. That's your ministry. It says, we do not lose heart, for we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Thank you, Shara. And it says this in verse 3, but even if our gospel, the gospel is good news, Come on. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to they that believe, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. He says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. Come on, you have good news. The good news, the gospel. Now, for the gospel and the good news for us, it's foolishness. The preaching of the cross, it doesn't make sense to humanity. They'll be like, "Ah, that Jesus stuff is whack. That Jesus stuff doesn't make any sense. That church stuff, oh, that's just. But Paul said, no, it's foolishness to the natural mind. It's foolishness to the carnal mind. It says that the foolishness of God is stronger than the foolishness. The power of God is stronger than the foolishness of man. Something like that. I'm getting it confused. But you guys know what I'm talking about. It says, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Let us never forget that there's people dying every day. There's people dying every day. And not just physical death, there's spiritual death. But sometimes we can get away from that. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for his sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, in the face of Jesus Christ. That's why I says, you know, wherever you go, just say, let there be light. No, not, not natural light. Let there be light. Let there be the light of truth. Let there be the light of love. Let it shine. And then verse 7 says this, For, but if we, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Come on, slap yourself. That's you. It says you have a treasure inside of you. In this in this vessel of clay, there's a treasure that's why you cannot look at the outward. You have to look at the heart. Man looks on the outward. God looks at the heart. That the excellence and the power may be of God and not us. verse that says we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Now here it is. This is for you. Number 10, always carrying about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. I didn't write it. Don't look at me. Don't be mad at me. I didn't write it. (laughs) That the life of Jesus may also be manifested in your body. So if you want the life of God manifested in you, guess what? There's going to be some dying. Verse 11 says, For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. So that means, you know what, every day you would say, am I willing to die for God? And that's a hard question. Am I willing to die for what I believe? In some religions, they are. Are we willing to die? Like, do we really believe this so much that we're willing to say, you know what, God, I will die for you? i'll die some of us know what that means some people that go on mission fields and go to other countries where it's against the law to believe in christ they're willing to do that and but that's like the heart of a missionary like i'm willing to give up my life and to die for what i believe that's what this is saying verse 11 for we who live are always delivered to death for jesus sake that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life is working in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to that it is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Don't let anyone silence you. Don't not even your mask, don't let it silence you. Don't let anyone silence your testimony Don't let anyone silence your hope or your joy. Let your faith level, the spirit of faith, let it be upon you that it causes you to always have hope and belief and faith. That way you will always have a good testimony. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present him alive with you. Wes, can you come back to the piano please? For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Thank you, Wes. Verse 16, therefore we do not faint, or therefore we do not lose courage, or your Bible says, therefore we do not lose heart, or I would say, therefore we do not shrink back, or therefore we do not go and hide, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man, come on, is dying, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Come on, those of you that are getting older, you know, come on. You know you're not as young. You can't even you can't even touch the backboard anymore. You can't touch the rim. You can't dunk. Your natural body's dying, okay? But your inward man is being renewed day by day. Come on, your inner man, that's the real you, that man of the spirit, the man that's on the inside. Come on, something on the inside working on the outside. Greater is he that's within you. Come on, slap yourself, touch your stomach somewhere and say, greater is he that's within me. My inner man is being stronger. Now look what it says, verse 7, says, For our light affliction, light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which we see are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Lord, touch our eyes today, and Lord, let us see. Lord, let us see beyond the natural. Lord, even though we, we see what's happening, Lord, we see beyond that that there's something that you want to do greater and you want to do it in us. I and mean, make you just stand to your feet all over the building today, lift your hands and your heart. I can't do this for you, I can only do it for myself. I say, Lord, thank you. Lord, save me today. God's word says, They who call upon the Lord shall be saved. They that call upon the Lord shall never be put to shame. They that call upon the Lord, he will deliver. Come on. Ask God to put a fresh cry and a fresh call upon you. Pastor Steve is including himself in this prayer. Lord, we need you. We need you. We need the Holy Spirit. We need your presence. We need your power. We need your word. We need your love, Lord, that we would love one another. Lord, so save us and deliver us. Lord, even as the prayer I prayed earlier, Lord, help us to be instruments and vessels of peace. Lord, thank you, Jesus. I would say join hands all over the building, but if you have someone next to you can, and in the spirit, let's just join hands. And Lord, we thank you. have the answer, but you are the answer, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Touch our hearts today. You know those areas in our heart that are hurting. Those areas in our heart that are hardened. Those areas in our heart that need to be healed. Heal us, Lord come on, that's, that's the Lord, heal me heal my heart today heal my heart today, Lord heal my, heart today. my spiritual heart, my natural heart my emotional heart Jesus heal me, Lord heal us, oh God heal us, heal us, Lord heal us, Lord we need a healer, we need you to heal us, Lord heal us, Lord heal us, oh God heal this nation, Lord heal your church Heal our families, Lord. Heal our relationships. Jesus. Jesus.
1: You make me victorious. You make me victorious. preaching uh, I was you're going to laugh at this story because we are called you know to model reconciliations as Christians we are called to pray for one another to break down barriers you know walls and uh, our vision statement here at Encounter Church um, says that uniting people to God and people with people And and so one day I was at the beauty salon getting my hair done and this lady was like you know I don't like I'm a Christian but I don't like white people and my my beauty salon you know the lady's doing my hair she looked at me like uh-oh you know Pastor Portia's here so um I said to her I said well you know ma'am I couldn't help you know but here you know I guess you want everybody to hear that but I wanted you to know that you I couldn't help but hear that you said you were a Christian and you know because you were a Christian ma'am the scripture says for us to love God And then it says to love your neighbor as yourself. And then it says this. It says, you know, um, basically, you know, if you're not obeying, that's the the commandment, ma'am. And so basically, if you don't do that, then you are in disobedience to the word of God. And disobedience to the word of God is as the sin of witchcraft. And so that means you may not even make it to heaven because how can you love God whom you have not seen and be indifferent to your neighbor whom you see? And so as I began to talk to her, uh, you know, about what the word of God says, you know, she says, wow, I never thought about that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to examine myself. And, and I, you know, I, I'm going to ask God to change my heart. And I'm going to ask God. And then Stephen walked in and said, you ready to go, babe? I said, yeah, sure. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, we are called. We are called by God. But it's only through the Holy Spirit. My father marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And in Birmingham, Alabama. And I took our family there to see that. Uh, the whole memorial there my dad told me stories of dogs being sicked on him and bricks thrown down his head and, and i never forget my dad was so a non-racist that he actually adopted white kids and so one of my brothers John Garber I said uh, hey can I have some of your soda and he says uh, sure here and I, I said no pour a little bit in the drink you know for me in a cup and he said why I said because blood is thicker than water and I remember my dad knocked me he knocked me hard, and then, then he started crying. To see my dad cry, was, you know, you just felt, oh man, I made daddy cry. But he started crying, and he started telling me the story about the different races. And my husband was right when he said, when he said that there's even if everybody was the same color, people would still be racist. If you look at the city, the whole Africa, that's how it is. If you're from this tribe, even though you African, you can't marry into that tribe, even though you African. So, so it, it, it is racism exists. If everybody was the same color, it really does. And so, because my mother was what you call high yeller, black people was ra- racist against black people. So depending on what complexion you have, who knows what I'm talking about? Depending on what your complexion was, people was racist against you. And so my dad had went through all of that. But he taught me something. He taught me something. My dad, he went over to, this is the only, only, only being filled with the Holy Spirit can make you like this. My dad was working for this company, General Motors. The guy walked up to him and said, I heard if you slapped a Christian that they would have to turn the other cheek. And my dad said, yes, they would. And so he slapped my dad. And then my dad turned the other cheek, and my dad said he tried to take his head off. Then my dad said, then the the foreman seen it and said, hey, you're going to have to drive with Kirk, because they called my dad Kirk. You're going to have to drive with Kirk today. He said, well, since I let you slap me, you're going to listen about Jesus. And because my dad took the slaps, his entire family became saved. And it's saved today. All of his five kids are saved and serving the Lord. So that's how it was. My dad was saved come on be the bridge that somebody can get over be the example right so there was no racism in my family each person in our family married a different nationality people called us the family of the United Nations amen because there was no racism when people walked in people my dad loved you like he's seen you and known you all all his life but how could he do that by being filled with the Holy Spirit of God being filled with the Holy Spirit so right there where you are say Holy Spirit I need you, fill me with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Pray through me, Holy Spirit. Love through me, Holy Spirit. I want more, I need your power. I can't do it by myself. I can't do this thing called Christianity by myself. I can't do life by myself. I need you, Holy Spirit. You are invited to come in, fill me, to overflow. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.